<coughs> so one of the functions of uh, mindfulness of sati is to bear bear in mind stay on stay on topic uh, So this means that, just by that very fact alone, that you know other things are shelved. You know, when if you focus on one thing, you can't sustain focus on other things. So that's a whole personal issue or topic, like what is worth bearing in mind, what's helpful, mm-hmm. and what's called wisdom is really knowing at any particular time as you assess what's skillful, what's helpful to bear in mind, to stay with, you know. What you bear in mind, what you stay with, will become the dominant uh, tendency, dominant factor in your mind, and it has potency, it has effects, it has, uh, you know, your mind will be trained, shaped, formed around that, you know. And even more, uh, as we begin to recognize mind, you know, it's much more than just the thinking, but the emotion, and also even something difficult to pin down, the quality of uh, very fundamental effectiveness, that you can feel yourself tonally brighten up, or go stale, or uh, feel tense or reactive. That's kind of an embodied quality, or it manifests in an embodied way. You can feel yourself brightening, lifting, you see someone you fond of, you see the sense of brightening and lifting. You remember some huge amount of work you've got to do. You feel yourself slumping and <laughs> collapsing or panicking or whatever. What's that? You know, well it manifests. Uh, it's obviously that some of it's uh, triggered psychologically or visually or something we see, but and uh, but there's an embodied consequence to that, embodied result of that. And also, might say, an emotional and mental result of that. So, this embodied awareness, we might say, the embodied embodied mind. And, yeah, and that's uh, much simpler uh, uh, than the um, incredible um, detailed complexities of thought to track. You know. So. Uh, just realizing this is actually makes things a lot simpler. This is like instead of, you know, uh, picking all the leaves off a tree, you just take the trunk and say, well, let's, you know, take it out. And then the whole thing comes down. Or let's support it. The whole thing stands up. You're trying to support every individual leaf. It's a lot of work and it's still not as good as just supporting the trunk, the tree, and that will support the leaves. Hmm? So you're supporting the basis of mind, you know, the embodied level, and you're clearing that, then you're going to have the support in terms of the thoughts uh, and even the space between the leaves, the openness, the clarity that allows them to move around, come and go, be blown away, spud and so forth, without it being that much of a deal. (laughs) Because you're focusing on the strength, the steadiness, the uprightness, the rootedness of the, of the main stem, 
in the trunk of the tree. So we go and get to the simplicity of it. So, uh, for example, you know, when you find yourself these long trains of thought coming up on particular topics, then you want to use your wisdom faculty to survey that and say, well, give me one word that sums what that thought is doing. You know, is it uh, jumping? Is it um, angry? Is it uh, bitter? Is it gleeful? Is it hungry? What is, you know, how would you, what's the flavor of that? What's the tone of that? What's the overall mood of it? You get down to one word. You get the one word, how does that feel? How does that feel running, you know, or not enough time, or uh, need something, not enough here, or too much here, you know? And you get the feeling of that, and you resonate with that. And then what's needed in that, that you say it's a kind of emotional resonance. Mm. And then you, so that's beneath the thought, you might say, you're looking at the branches of the tree, rather than the leaves, and then coming to the main stem of the tree, how's that in my body? Yeah, sort of, it's uh, kind of feeling don't even have a body, you know, it's branches, leaves, no, no trunk, no root, just spinning out. You know, or can we find it, here's the back, here's the spine, here's the seat, here's the hands, and now, how's that in the body? You know, sometimes just even doing that alone, finding your body, a lot of the really just, you know, cotton candy stuff dissolves by itself. Hmm. We come down to, or we might feel slightly tense, or sinking, or whatever, you know, or just something you can't even name, but you go into it and you start breathing, feeling your breathing in that, breathing out, dissolving, like uh, gently washing, and then breathing in with the in-breath, getting the feeling of replenishing, letting the health come up from the ground, like the sap coming up the tree, coming up the trunk, like drawing in from the ground. Drawing it from the ground. So, mm, this is simplification. Not to be stupid or simplistic, but to make things manageable. You know, for meditation, you know, for, for release. You know. Now, this isn't going to manage your bank account, so there's definitely time and place to be dealing with details and so on, you know, for, for those purposes. But for liberation, you know, and you've got to look into your own wisdom faculty. When is it time to really start counting the leaves and adding things up and who's going to do what and logistics and so forth, rather than just, I sense there is a problem here. (laughs) 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 Yeah, which is like (laughs) passing the buck, as it were. But, you know, so you just, I don't know, you know find out for yourself mm. Mm. but just to recognize we probably tend to incline towards leaves rather than roots you know, that's where the flutter is so it's not a bad idea of taking a retreat just to keep coming back to you know can we just come down to how that is how I am with that 
there's logistical details, there's even kind of personal, you know, stories which have got some, you know, things that need to be resolved in them. This, of course, is very much the case. But how, do, how does that happen? If you just keep going round in it, does it really do any good? Does it help? Hmm? Can we at least get beneath that, breathing out, breathing in, finding a, a, a vantage ground, a place of connectedness where, okay, you know, feeling a bit steadier, calmer, more spacious, then we might, bearing that in mind, staying with that, staying connected to that, begin to sense, you know, really what's happening here, and where's the fine detail of what needs to be responded to around that. But now you've got a connected base, you're not coming from just being thrown around, thrown around in it. Mm. So this is a chance for wise reflection, careful reflection. This is definitely uh, something useful we can do when we so-called meditate. So it's not always going to be about not thinking, absolutely not. Mm. Or being calm. No, not being, it's not about being calm. That can come, but that's not really being collected and discerning and, you know, appropriate steadiness of what we're doing, composure, but it's not going to, you don't start out being calm or silent. You're just trying to get your noise to go in a roughly useful way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's circling around. But it will lead to to uh, calm or moments of it when, oh, that's that. Okay, that's that. You know, and every time it comes, that circle comes round, one feels a little more confident, a little more assured, and the, you begin to get the sense of the the sad indria, the faith indria, the aspiration, the feeling of confidence. This is possible. You know, not totally floundering. Mm. It's possible to arrive at a better um, condition. So, the simplification through wisdom and through sati, staying on topic, and the process of careful inquiry, dhamma vijaya, and appropriate attention, attending to the heart of things, mm, really what's happening for me, really the, the, the real gist of it, and investigation, not so much in terms of give me more thoughts, but let me listen up more clearly uh, to that. Mm. And those two kind of qualities circling around as you bear something in mind. Mm. You have wisdom there. This is a degree of wisdom. And the quality of collectedness, which is the basis of samadhi, means we're staying on topic and operating in a collected, non-hurried steady way. This is the basis of what becomes uh, samadhi. Mm-hmm. And the more you cultivate that whole way of doing things as a way of life, you know, as best you can. Mm. Mm. Do that. Mm. I noticed like in, in monastic life, and when we eat, we just eat. We don't eat, talk, figure things out. 
you just you know, stay with one thing at a time as best you, you know try and do that and then, And you notice, you know, the thought says, I want an answer now. Quicker is better. No, quicker is often really a lot worse. <laughs> yeah. As you know, you know, with emails, you realize you start to develop email veneer, which is when you get that email that really annoys you, don't send back that correct answer. <laughs> Just pause, wait, <laughs> leave it till tomorrow. <laughs> you know, when you get stirred up, there's the time to just wait. You know, breathe in, breathe out, so that we're coming into a more healthy form, form, healthy verbal form, healthy emotional form, healthy bodily form. So that which takes the quality of taking form, taking a, an idea, picking up an idea, there's a, there's a movement in there. You know, we come to a decision, we say, we, we arrive at a decision. Interesting, so to that topic naturally, I arrive at a decision. Where is the decision I'm going to arrive at, you know? Can't see it out there. How fast do you have to run to get to that decision? <laughs> I arrive at a decision. Is it really that a decision starts to form? Doesn't it? You know, it's sort of intuitive and maybe well, that's about right, you know. Yeah. And that forming is an energy. There's an energy in that form. That forming is called the energy of forming is called sankara. And um, it's an energy that give that causes form to arise. So there's a verbal form or a thought form. You start around with a problem or a query or a doubt and you just sit there with that, you bear it in mind, you calm down, you wait, gradually things start to trickle in and something shapes up and there it is, formed. Hmm? Right? And so that, that forming energy is called sankara and there's operates in different ways. There's the verbal one, which I've just described. There's also something like a, an emotional one or a perceptual one, which is, you know, how do I feel with this? Uh, what's the meaning of that to me? Uh, I don't know about that. Is that right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And who's that? Is that George, Harry, Ben, 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 Dave, Ben, was it Ben or Bill? Ben, no, Bill. Oh, Bill! <laughs> so, you know, you suddenly, you get it, and then the verbal thing comes out of that. So this is arriving at a perceptual thing. This is the meaning of it, you know? You're taking your engine apart, and you look at the thing, and you think, what's that? And you look at it, and you ponder it, and you think, oh, there's something there, and you, you know? You get the idea. Something clicks. Mm. So perceptual forms, things suddenly become clear to you. So become that's the way it is. That's the meaning of it. Mm. Perceptual. And that's the sankara. Sankara does that. It arrives at things. 
And the, the most basic one that we can recognize, realize is what forms the breath, what forms breathing. Hmm? Do you breathe? Hmm? What about when you're thinking about something else? What about when you're asleep? Do you breathe? Do you go out there making sure every breath comes in and out? <laughs> Do you decide how long it's going to be and what flavour it's going to be? or what? Yeah. Something does it for you, doesn't it? You ever contemplate that? Well, you know, it's so obvious you don't really make much of it, but something pulls the breath in, something gets to the end of the breath and releases it. It's a sankara, it forms the breathing. It's, a, it's embodied, it's like a series of neural relays maybe, if we're getting neurological about it. You know? Something goes from your belly to your chest, your throat, there's a pulling, and it, it all happens in sync. I don't do it. You know? mm. No, that, that's actually what happens. You know? And you want to just really so when we're contemplating breathing, there's the movement of the air, the movement of the tissues, and so forth. But the Buddha is saying, well, thoroughly sensing the kaya sankara. The kaya sankara is this, this, the energy, the forming that gives rise to the experience we call breathing. So you look in the Anapanasati Sutta, he says, thoroughly experiencing the body, sensitive to the kaya sankara and then calming this kaya sankara like easing it soothing it spreading it smoothing it out you know so we, there's a certain dynamic process mm, of the forming because every in breath every out breath and because they're the they're related to uh Effective or emotional patterns, then you know, the more we incline towards calm, ease, steady, we set our hearts on that and we breathe through that, the breath calms. The more the breath breathing process becomes steady and calm, and you listen to it and you stay with it, then your heart becomes calm. But you've got to get into the there's a feedback loop there, and you've got to get into it, get into the, the current of it. It's formative, sankara. Now, sankara is such a, and a critical, crucial topic. And just to recognize, sankara is not kind of things that float around in the air and you can nail one down. It refers to the particular aspect of a process that is, that is dynamic. You know, it's the particular pr aspect of a process that's dynamic. You know, the push of it, the movement of it. And you can't really separate that out any more than you can separate speed. Say there's some speed going down the road, sitting inside a car. <laughs> it's just, if it moves, it has that <laughs> in it, you know. So Sankara is just a way of, of describing or referring to that. But it's crucial because that is the forming tendency and that forms breath or emotions it also forms greed hatred 
delusion, faith, generosity, kindness. So it's got a range. It's both um, basically just the natural faculty, but it's also got uh, ethical and uh, spiritual colors in it. And the more that we abide in a in a greed spiral, that amplifies, you get the feedback of that and that builds up. The more you stay in a generosity sankara, then that tends to build up. So these sankaras, because they are they're circling, they're dynamic, and mindfulness means you, you close the loop. So instead of it just spinning out, you stay with it. So that looping of, en- of energy keeps circling round and it makes more and more and more amplifiers, yeah? Mm. So that can lead to our misery. We amplify distressing sankharas or it can lead to a happiness and we amplify fortunate ones. Again, I say we amplify, you know, just by bearing something in mind and staying with it and fully feeling it, sensing it, it's going to have its effects for good or for bad, very simplistically. This is karma. Now, there is a, a feedback loop that leads to liberation. Mm. By tuning to certain qualities, psychological qualities, mental qualities, even physiological qualities, and tuning, bearing them in mind, they're dynamic, they amplify, and they lead out of pain, misery, and into happiness, and eventually into release. They calm to the point where they that very dynamic itself starts to loosen and subside. And there's a sense of stillness. Now, just to give you like a analogy, you know, just to make this perhaps less conceptual, a bit more pictorial, just imagine, you know, uh, you're outside and you feel the wind blowing around. Just notice uh, on a windy day it's gusting and it's surging and it's rocking the trees around and stuff's getting kicked around by and it, it sometimes goes in different directions. It's whirling around, you know, that's a, the dynamic of that, you know. And you imagine a little bird trying to fly in that and it gets in, it's been spun out. Hmm? You can also notice that when it's a still day you get these thermals, which is this spiraling of a warm energy and the bird can spread its wings and it lifts. How does it do that? How do they hang there in the middle, in the air, you know? It must take so much strength to to hang in the air. You know, actually the air is is supporting them. So there's a, there's a very disorganized Sankaras, which we're probably quite familiar with, the blowing, the blustering, the gusting, the storms, you know, the, the sudden flat places where it doesn't seem to be anything or the, all that. And then, but there is also a conducive current that we can turn in tune to. And you do, when you do that, all you need really is to stay with that widen 
open, stay with it, widening into that and just sensing it and following that. So that's the that's what I call enjoyment. So simplicity and enjoyment, simplifying and then enjoying. These are um, yeah reminders to bear in mind, to be mindful of in terms of monitoring and adjusting your process, your practice. Simplifying. So as I was saying with the train of thoughts, we simplify it down to this is the gist, this is the bit. To take that simplicity of this is, you know, irritation. If it's not a pleasant simplicity, you take it there, breathing through that, holding it carefully. Now, you've got to tune in to the holding it carefully rather than the irritation. (laughs) 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 Tune into framing with an awareness. So you tune into the qualities of holding your irritation. That's the that's the current you want to tune into, not the topic of the irritation. <laughs> if you do that, you spiral, all right? You get into a feedback loop about they always do this and I never get that and after I try to you know, all that sort of stuff. And you try to get into what is it that can hold irritation? Be and then widen. And then you start to enjoy. How can you enjoy irritation? But you can you can get it now enjoyment's normally hooked up to a pleasant contact isn't it we enjoy taste of raspberries or you know paintings or something it's hooked up to something that's agreeable but if you look into the, the actual like the the dynamics of enjoying not just the st- what triggers it yeah 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 so just to, to revisit that term to enjoy means that when you you kind of widen open to an experience. We yield into it, we open into it. We give it joy, we give it our joy, we give it that. Uh, So normally this is gonna have to be triggered by pleasant experience, by some pleasant contact. But uh, with skillful cultivation, you're starting to widen and open to the quality of awareness itself. Right. Less, much less stimulating, much less subtler kind of experience. But perhaps it gets the fe- the f- feeling you get of it is relief that I'm not running away or making more of it. Just starting to appreciate the simple honesty of awareness, the openness of that, the lack of future in it, the lack of got to make it something or another. You get some sense of a little relief just in quality of, of being widening one's awareness. And if you can find that in your body, just coming out of the constriction, then uh, that allows the mind to widen. And that's the experience, that's the dynamic of enjoyment. Why are we open to? We can do that with silence, we can do it with pujas, we can do it, you know things that are not that stimulating. And uh, that's skillful because it requires attention and skill to something uh, 
which is quite pure actually. And also something you have already. It's always there for you. Now that's the beginning of the thermal. Most of us need a little bit of support with that. So we find you know, skillful pleasure such as the happiness that comes from you know, non-violence, non-abuse. Happiness that comes from self-respect. Happiness that comes from goodwill towards others. Happiness that comes from you know, um, these ethical strands. And just getting your body straightened properly supported so the body feels kind of comfortable and balanced when we sit. So important to keep, when you're finding a sitting position, you want to keep that reminder, is this, how can this be more comfortable, more steady, more bright? You know, so as I really feel, there's not a lot of stress and strain in it. Mm. So you're building up a kind of feedback that's going to take you to a uh, an uplifting uh, spiral, an uplifting loop that will gradually increase mm. and you widen into it. Mm. Now, there you go, you know, if you you see a little sparrow or a robin or something scrambling away and, you know, that, that little one rushes around pecking at seed, it doesn't really do a lot of soaring. Soaring is eagles, right? Big wings, you know. <laughs> so that's what we need to move towards. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with sparrows and little twittery birds, but moving more, <laughs> you know, think eagle. <laughs> Because the nature of Sankara is they're, 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 they're pliable. If you think eagle, you become eagle. <laughs> you know, if you tune to it, you, you set that up, you're going you're gonna to start eagling. Yeah. Yeah, it's widening, taking your time. Eagles aren't hurried. They soar. They, they know about waiting, hanging, soaring, widening. But, you know, you can think this is all very relaxed, but it's kind of relaxed, but it takes effort to relax. You know, and one of our efforts, one of the energies is just to keep applying skillful perceptions, skillful encouragements, skillful intuitions. You just keep dripping that into, into the dynamic of the mind. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So then you start to find, yeah, there is a current when you widen get bigger, tune into the, what's really helpful and supportive, you get the rising, lifting. Now if we, the uh, samadhi faculty yeah. is very much, uh, you know, it's, it's part, a lot of it's this mental and, and psychological and emotional and wisdom tuning there's also just a downright bodily quality to it, to it which is the breathing. You know, the breathing connects the body and, and the mind. Hmm. 
So we need to find, uh, you know, tune into the best kind of breathing, the most helpful, the most conducive breathing. You know, you can breathe in short, you can gasp, you can wheeze, you can... (laughs) Uh, you You want really, like, the breathing that comes with, that's got a steady quality, breathing that eagles would ride on. So, you know, around that we begin to inquire, investigate, you know, into that process of how breathing is formed from the belly and then the chest, the throat, and the breathing flushing up into the head, that whole connected process of that, the streaming of that, that, that adjusts. And, you know, so often it's it's the case that where you have to almost le- relearn or unlearn the ways in which we've over-breathed, under-breathed, breathed too short, compressed breathing, um, you know, not really fully breathing out, not really waiting for the breath to come, not allowing the breath fully into your chest, up into your throat. So these are the skills that the embodied practitioner of suggesting some of those in the retreat. Mm. Whole body. As the sutta says, thoroughly sensing the entire body, one breathes in and breathes out. Tuning into the kaya sankara, one breathes in and breathes out. Calming. Mm. One breathes in, one breathes out. Tuning to that. Because then what will accrue is there's less energy being used in discursive thought and in parrying and adjusting and repelling and you know all that stuff. Your energy, be, because it's not being used in very discursive ways, starts to settle into a more complete and steady form. It's still there, it's still moving. You know, but now it's moving in a, in a simple, harmonious way, and your mind collects onto that, wherever that, however that manifests for you. For most people, what happens is, uh, you know, if sort of the mind finds a particular place where it sits, like in your chest or in your back of your nose or somewhere, some particular point or area, where it just sits there, and the breath current is flowing into it, touching it, lifting it. And you're sitting on that breath like the eagle riding the thermal. And it seems, you know, sounds easy, but it takes a bit of work to be an eagle. And it takes a bit of work to find the current. And that's a lot of our essential work is to do that. But to do it with faith, you know, with aspiration, with confidence, with a measured energy which says, no, I'm not going to answer a hundred 
phone calls, emails, telegrams, every everything that's twittering in my nervous system. You know, that's wait, put that aside, just come to the main theme here. Stay with that. Mm. There's a certain renunciation or letting go or simplification that's asked for. And you have to know for yourself what you can put aside. But if you can put it aside skillfully, not from suppression or then you put it aside, put it aside. You can put it aside for half an hour, put it aside for half an hour. You can do it for a day, put it aside for a day. Ten days, ten, you know. Uh, don't worry, there'll always be a problem there for you later on. <laughs> Never sure of them. Mm. You know, one of the tangible, very tangible you know, benefits is the dispelling of the hindrances and whatever else is said or postulated about um, you know, samadhi and so forth and it's not really a matter of trying to get samadhi but uh, clearing the obstacles to it because they just make you feel bad whether you get samadhi or not is a matter of where that current's going to go you, you know, you can't demand it and doesn't, it shouldn't be something you demand you don't want to make it like that yeah, but you say, well, you know, how do these supportive faculties, such as faith and energy and mindfulness, how do they come to the fore? How do their dynamic work? Can I stay with that? And just see where it goes. See where it goes. Yeah. Mm. And see where it goes in terms particularly of clearing what you know for yourself is harmful and does you no good ill will ill will towards yourself ill will, ill will towards others righteous ill will yeah. ill will that's justifiable <laughs> it doesn't matter it still <laughs> feels bad <laughs> so the what does it take you know you know come out of the topic just feel the crinkling the souring the flaring in your body, in your heart, and this, mm, whoever, however this got triggered, now is the time to clear it, breathe through it, mm, regain your clarity. Because there's nobody there annoying you. That's a perception. That's a memory. That's an interpretation. There's nobody really there who's better than you. It's just your interpretation. That's a perception. It may have some justification to it, but, uh, you know. But where are they? Where are these virtual beings? You know, you come into your heart, where are they? Our formative tendency, our sankharas are generating them for us. If you keep generating your own poverty, everybody else looks rich. Mm. 
And can we stop? See it for what it is. Yeah, and then notice it. You know, somebody says, oh, it's this person, so she's so great, she's so fantastic, she's so wonderful. You think, what about me? What's going to do you some good now? <laughs> Just say, well, good luck for her. Great. May she live with it. You know, you realize that it doesn't necessarily make her any better. She <laughs> can still be miserable. <laughs> yeah. So praise doesn't really help you as much as self-respect. Yeah. And that's up to you. No one can give it to you. It's up to you. Covetousness, ambition, greed. So want to be filled and fulfilled, repleted. Mm. Binge, gorge, blow out, absorb, munch, (laughs) soak. Yeah, insatiable, isn't it, though? (laughs) Insatiable. It's like we feel there's a vacuity that needs to be filled. Mm. How come it never gets filled? (laughs) How come it never gets filled? Because it's it's not a hole in the first place. It's not a vacuum, it's not an absence, it's a presence. That's why you can never fill it. If it was a, if it was a hole, you could put something in and fill up. But it isn't a hole. You just interpret it as that. It's actually a block. <laughs> you can't fill a block. You need to remove a block. <laughs> yeah. Which is the, the sadness or the poverty, mm. yeah. the loneliness or the angst. And you know, this is part of what happens to us, isn't it? We come back, we feel fried after a day's work, and gee, I'm totally clapped and exhausted, you know, and you're just stuffed with all the things. It's not that nothing happened today, too much happened today. Now you want to binge out on something to take away that feeling, just relax into something. Well, you want to really relax that what's there for you already, you know. Let's take some time, come to your body. Walk up and down, you know. Remember what's good. Try to remove the block of craving. Craving is incredible. Most powerful, destructive sankara going. Because it always is sitting there like a nerve, itching. If only, I don't know what it is I want. So I better want everything to make sure. (laughs) One thing at a time, but I'll want everything. (laughs) That should fix it. (laughs) I don't know what it is to uh, be satisfied, because I'm never satisfied. So I better try everything. To get satisfied, because when you, 
And once you got what you wanted, right, when you got what you wanted, then you, you can't want it anymore. And because we don't know, we haven't really opened to satisfaction, we've only opened to craving, you got what you wanted, and that nerve says, no, you don't want it anymore because you've already got it. You can't want what you've got. It's because you got it, you don't want it anymore. <laughs> so you want something else. <laughs> and so it goes. <laughs> you think, well, I've got all this and all that that I don't want. How come, what else can I have? I'm starting to get a lot of things. I've had a lot of stuff. And I still want something, something, you know, something wrong with me. I want to be better. I want to be something else. Maybe I should try meditating. Crave that. Crave some <laughs> samadhi. That should do it. <laughs> now, once you've got it, you don't want it anymore. Because <laughs> you can't want what you've got. <laughs> and after a while, you begin to realize you don't have anything. Yeah. Seems like you've got something, but where is it when you've got it? It's gone, isn't it? The feeling of it's gone, the resonance of it's gone, the, it's just, oh well, so what? It's gone. Because you don't have anything. And you can't have anything. But you've got to come out of the spin of, of craving into, you are something. You don't have to have something, you can be something. You can widen into being something. You be aware. Yeah. Be aware of craving. Yeah. Feel the energy of it. The images it brings up. The assumptions it makes. Be aware of that. There it goes. Look at that. And you keep widening your awareness over that and just breathing through that. Because yeah. you can't not crave. So you have to be mindful of that and aware of it and not get caught in its psychological spin. Dullness, the hindrance of that. So this is, you know, these are, th- these are ways in which whether we try to have samadhi, it, we, it will arrive because you're doing the things that, that cause it to happen. <laughs> you don't have to crave samadhi because if you do, you won't get it. <laughs> you just get craving. But if you pull out craving, your mind unifies. That's the way it goes. It's a law. Dullness, sloth torpor, you know, this indolent, can't be bothered, can't get it, you know, flat energy coming into your body, framing it, feeling it in your skin, puckering around the eyes, the attitudes, the mumbling, oh, well, tomorrow I've had enough of this, you know breathing down into your spine, holding yourself, walking, breathing through, opening, ventilating. Yeah, sometimes energy is pretty low. Yeah, but that's not really what slow torpor is about. Low, low energy is a, isn't, uh, it's a natural phase in it. But it's the, the mind just absorbing into that rather than widening through it. And we try to find the body through that. Same with restlessness. Antsy, you know, widen, ground, breathing, 
And uh, just the main thing with all the hindrances is to unhook from the images and the thoughts they bring up, the voices, which is going to be so familiar, they seem like me. They're sankharad, they're dynamics, they're formed. As they form, they can be unformed. They can be, you don't need that form. Doubt, profound energy, searching for conclusions, searching for conclusions. If only I remembered this, that and the other, I would be certain. Yeah. Follow that one? Did you follow that one? Does it go to a conclusion or does it go to the next doubt? But he said that on Tuesday. Why did he say that? (laughs) But then I read somewhere it was like that. Or am I just thinking too much? (laughs) Or perhaps I should think, think, figure this out. (laughs) Thought doesn't take you to a conclusion. Notice it. Notice, does any thought take you to a conclusion? To a place where you no longer have to think anything through anymore? And yet every one of them says, come on, I'm going towards clarity. (laughs) Get Get on board. I'm going to the clear, definite place where everything will be sorted, tidied, straightened out, finalized. Yusuri, jump on me. (laughs) And it takes you to the next bit. There you go. But then again. (laughs) Yeah. Or you get dogmatic, and you have to seize a thought, a thought form. This is the only way. <laughs> I'm a patient person, but I really decide this is the way it's good. You know, you kind of, is that the opposite of doubt? Does that help you out of doubt, or is it just a, a kind of a, a, a clinging to try to repel the force of doubt? Hmm? And it hasn't really been dealt with. The fact that thought is inconclusive. You know, if you just relax a little bit and look at it frankly and calmly and honestly, they don't go to anything conclusive. There's that sense of disenchantment. And you come off of, and that's tremendously helpful because then, yes, thinking is, it's not bad, or some of it is, but it's a useful kind of flagging system, you know, tune into that, a pointer. But what's it pointing to? If it can point into awareness rather than into more thought, if it can point into one outbreath rather than more thought, then it's done its job. Just go there. Don't follow me, but go there. <laughs> you know? and then, so this, uh, these hindrances, uh, we can widen out of them. We can come out of them. And then whether this is the hallmark of, um, of samadhi, because you, by itself your mind feels clearer, by itself your mind feels simpler, by itself your mind feels settled, by itself your mind feels bright, by itself the mind settles. And you stay in that 
loop, that feedback loop, and gradually that firms, 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 firms. So the mind becomes very firm in that. It's a dynamic that builds up. It remains then a really good uh, foundation for wisdom, for seeing things clearly. Perception, thought, body, feeling a scene much more clearly rather than the kind of blurry fumble. You see things more clearly. And this is the basis for knowing and seeing things as they really are, which is the uh, initiation of... of, uh, awakening. So, so this morning, yeah, and today find your inner e. Find your inner eagle, yeah, comb his wings, fluff up his feathers. <laughs> happy, happy riding. Right.